Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, before we start the show today, I'd like to share with you a word from our partners over at Ukanuba. Guys, Ukanuba Premium Performance Dog Food enhances strength, energy, and endurance. One thing I love about it, and I feed Rocky this dog food and have been for quite some time now, it is rich in amino acids, which obviously help to build, repair, and maintain for good, strong, lean muscles. Also, the amount of carbs in it, you're out in the duck line, guys. It's going to help them have long-lasting energy like they're going to need. Now, the one thing that they have that I love that a lot don't have, here's the kicker. Yukonuba 3020 Performance Dog Food has glucosamine and chondroitin in it for healthy joints and bones. Guys, you're going to love it. We believe in it. We see the results, and we want to share with you, and we're glad to be partners with Yukonuba Dog Food. So when the pavement ends and the truck doors finally swing open, you and your dogs are ready for anything. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm Titus. We're here today at the MVM Show. Thanks for joining us, guys, and tuning in for another episode, episode number 17 Today we have, my co-host is Travis. Greetings, greetings. And my new co-host for the day is Talon. What's up, everybody? I know you guys know Talon very well. He's in about every single video we got. So anyways, proud to present to you guys and excited to talk to Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Duck Gun Podcast, and we're going to get into more of that. But uh, Jordan, thanks for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, super pumped to be on here and uh, join the the California squad for uh, some duck hunting conversation. <laughs> awesome. We're looking forward to it, man. So let's just, before we get rolling in this too deep, <clears throat> let's go over real quick your, your social media and all that stuff. Kind of put that out there first before we get rolling. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my uh, YouTube is duck gun chronicles. Um, my podcast is duck gun podcast. And I'm sure we've got some crossover now that we've, uh, kind of partnered a little bit and we, we call each other the the brother podcast or whatever <laughs> yeah. whatever you want to call it um so i'm sure we got some people who've been back and forth between our podcasts at this point and um we just had john last week so i'm not sure which one's going to air air first i know we got the podcast coming out with you on saturday i think you're gonna beat um, me i think this one's gonna be okay. tuesday <laughs> <laughs> awesome so uh be sure to check out the one with with titus as well so I don't know. Should um, we and... should we drop a bomb on them and just do them both at the same time? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm up. I'm up to suggestions. So. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, man. So let's let's go straight into you starting uh, YouTube, man. And what I know you guys had kind of talked to me about that and stuff, but I'm I'm interested in everybody's story, including yours. Like, what what happened and what made you start recording and getting into making videos for YouTube? Uh, honestly, it wasn't, I mean, it's, it's a lot similar to, to a lot of stories you hear with YouTube, but there wasn't like any grand plan to really, uh, any thought of 
this thing blowing up. It was just like, uh, you know, like, Hey, let's kind of do this and see what happens. And, um, you know, I just started recording it and, and, uh, kind of an interesting thing about me starting off with my YouTube is I actually didn't duck hunt. Like I, I literally recorded my first ever duck hunt. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> oh, and really? so literally was, your first hunt. Yeah. Li- yeah. Literally my first ever hunt. And so, um, I, it was like a total struggle because I didn't have anybody to help me. Like I, I had a, a friend I'd talked to about it, but, um, it's almost embarrassing to say, but I hunted 11 times by myself before I shot a duck. Wow. <laughs> so I got, I got skunked 10 times in a row just cause I didn't know what I was doing. You're right. And, uh, and I tried filming it. So I'm filming all these and like, you know, it just was, I don't know. It was, it was a mess because also the other stupid thing I did was I took my six month old dog chief. And so me and him, neither one of us knew how to duck hunt. Uh, we just going out there on our, on our own in a canoe with like a, a dozen decoys and trying to figure it out. But I mean, it was a ton of fun trying to figure it, figure it all out. But, um, that was really the start of my YouTube channel. So the first season of my YouTube channel is like, I mean, uh, it's, it's a total mess. Let's, let's just say that. <laughs> hey Jordan, what was your first bird that you, uh, took? This is Travis. Uh, I took a mallard was my Sweet. first bird. That's nice. Drake yeah. Mallard. Nice. Yep, it was Drake Mallard. It literally That's a landed a foot from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Was there and then, left? uh, <laughs> well, he said, Josh, was there anything left? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, there was, I mean, it didn't really damage the bird. I probably missed it mostly, but I hit it enough that uh, <laughs> it fell through the trees and landed right next to us. Sweet. That's cool. Man, I need, yeah. I'm going to have to go find that. <laughs> Chief didn't even get to retrieve it because it, it landed right there, and so <laughs> like you should have caught it. He would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have. Uh, <laughs> I should have gone for it, but I tried to dodge instead. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool, dude. That you, you know, that's that is uh, dedication. I'd that's dedication to be able to try to record <laughs> something like that and getting a bird. I mean, because we, me and you both know, and Travis and Talon know, it's tough, man, trying to get video and shoot birds when you know what you're doing. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty crazy. And we don't mind when Titus uh, wants to video while we're shooting the birds either. Yeah. That's never a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, for sure. Yeah. Travis loves me doing a bunch of B-roll on him when he's out there walking around. <laughs> as long as he gets my good side. <laughs> there Wait, which go. side is that, Travis? <laughs> uh, from the waist up. Well, well, let's see, from the mid-chest up. Yeah, yeah bottom yeah, of the chest right up. That's what, I, that's what I always tell Thomas to video, bottom of the chest up. Don't get anything else. <laughs> and upwards, you know, downward looking angle, so you don't get my double chin too. That's why I gotta grow my. That's why I gotta grow my beard back. But I don't think anybody looks good in neoprene waders, so it's, I, a, I it's a really hard <laughs> look to pull off. Right, especially with the big rain jacket and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, let's jump into what you got going on for the future of the two channels. So we know you started out brand spanking new on it. Like what do you got going on, Jordan? Like what's some stuff coming up and for the future? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely super pumped for this season. One thing that I, <laughs> maybe a problem I have is I get over ambitious. So I'm reluctant to say what my plans are and I will say them. I'm just kind of giving a prefix. If they don't happen, it's because I have super lofty, ambitious goals for this season of what I want to do. And when it gets rolling, I mean, you know as well as I do the grind. Right. Um, it can wear on you and the scouting and all that stuff. So it's just like nonstop, right? Um, so I've got this crazy plan for this next year, um, starting off the season. And um, so my plan going into the next season is I want to chase openers. So if I hunt – Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> for six for six weekends in a row, I can go up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, uh, the UP, and hunt the opener there. Uh, it's like September 28th. And then every single weekend, I can go the north part of what's called the, the middle zone of Michigan. Um, and then the next weekend after that, it opens up the southern zone of Michigan. And then my opener in the northern uh, part of Indiana, and then the central part of Indiana is the weekend after that, and then the southern Indiana uh, opener is after that. So I could hunt six openers in a row, Dude. and uh, <laughs> I don't epic. like. I, like I said, it would be it would be epic, but it'd be really really hard to pull it off. Are you um, just like scouting how... and figuring it out and being gone six weekends in a row? Yeah. What do you think? So, I mean, like, what's your plan? Like, are you planning on doing that? Like, 
eighty percent, like that's for sure, eighty percent chance you're gonna do that, or like a hundred. Let's, or... let's just say it's penciled in in the calendar. Really, um, the one that is probably gonna be the most difficult is going up all the way up to UP. Like I'm gonna have to do research and figure it out kind of beforehand because it's, I mean, it's a six hour drive for me up to there, um, and I've never been up there. I've never, I've talked to a few people who've hunted up there, so I don't know like what the public land um, access is like up there. Or, I'm just pretty much going to have to figure that out. And if I can figure it out and like uh, everything from like work um, to kind of mesh up with me uh, being able to kind of leave on that Friday. Yeah. Then I, I mean, I think it'd be awesome. Right. That would be epic. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it would be pretty cool to try to pull off. So it's like, it's, you're making me want to go with you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're definitely welcome. So are you doing it by Uh, yourself or is uh, Elliot going or like what's going on there? Um, I mean, right now it's, so I've asked, uh, I've asked some of my buddies if they want to go on any of the weekends. Like some of the guys I know, I've asked my dad, I've asked a couple of the buddies I hunt with. Um, but everybody's just kind of like, uh, I would say lukewarm about it. They're like, oh, if, I, if I'm free one of the weekends, yeah, I'll, I'll head up there. To the, the other thing about Michigan, if you're not like committed to, to hunt Michigan, to get your Michigan waterfowl license like out of state, it's like 170 bucks or something. So like it's kind of like you have to make it worth your while. Now if I'm going to hunt three openers up there, if I'm going to try to go hunt um, teal, which the teal season opens up September 1st, it's the 1st through the oh, wow. 16th. You know, I can get another weekend or two up there um, if I can just get random times when the North Zone's closed and try to run up there for hunts. Yeah, if I can get five to seven hunts out of it, you know, I can make it worth my money. But if I'm asking, like, a buddy to come with me twice or something, 170 bucks is kind of steep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jordan, uh, when you talk about hunting public land, is this uh, refuge systems or just uh, things that you've scouted, creeks or um... – Yeah, so – What's the layout there? I mean, I mean, what's the... talk about kind of what the uh... – you guys got ponds, rivers. What what do you guys have on lakes? So Indiana. So I, I'm from Indiana, and I've actually never hunted Michigan. So this would be my first year hunting Michigan. So I'll kind of start with like Indiana as far as what the public land is like. So they do have something that's similar to the ref the refuge system where you go there. Um, they'll have draws like uh you know you go there. I think the draws like five thirty in the morning, and then if you get drawn, you get to hunt. If not, you don't. Um, so yeah, they have, uh, they call them FWAs here. So Indiana up to up to FWA It's called fish and wildlife area. So, um, they do have that, but then they do have other public access places where you can hunt. It's really, really, uh, minimal as far as like public land. Um, Indiana is ranked one of the least public land States in the, in the country. Hmm. Um, right there. I think it's like, it's bottom 10, but I think it's like 42nd or 43rd as far as the amount of public land. So it's pretty minuscule. It's hard to find. It's hard to get places that aren't overcrowded. I mean, but everybody says that everywhere about all their public places. But the thing about Indiana is we don't have a ton of hunters. Like uh, if you look at Michigan compared to Indiana, um, I want to say the number of bird shot. I can't remember if this is, this might not be an accurate stat. I'm just going to throw it out there though, but that's uh, my disclaimer. This might not be accurate, but I think it was like 70,000 birds were killed. Is that does that sound even right for like a state like Indiana? It sounds awfully low. Awfully low. It, it is awfully low. And uh and I think Michigan was somewhere around like 250,000. Yeah. So if that kind of shows you the difference in the number of hunters of a similar size state. Okay. So I, I, those are the numbers I remember. But anyway, so kind of to go back to the public land, we don't have a ton of public land and we don't have a ton of hunters. So there's still overcrowding in the minimal amount of uh, public land access. But the good part about Indiana is the river laws are, are really, really kind of beneficial for public land. So a lot of people do a lot of river fishing and, or not fishing, river hunting. And that's, yeah. and, and that's my favorite way to do public land um, in Indiana is find a good place on the river um, that's more secluded away from the houses and all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, I guess I had in my mind's eye you going to Wisconsin thinking that was closer, but is it closer to go to Michigan or is it the fact that the way the seasons are open? Um, no, it is closer to go to Michigan. Like uh, Michigan okay. is directly north of Indiana and Wisconsin um, is directly north of Illinois. So I'd have to go northwest 
and it had to go around Lake Michigan. Yeah, okay. So I don't, I don't right. have like a straight shot like towards Wisconsin. So it's it's not that far as the crow flies, but I have to drive all the way around Lake Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it does it makes it uh, a bit of a drive. You're on the southeast corner of Lake Michigan, right? Kind of. Yeah. So I'm just um, southeast of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I remember looking at the map where you're at and look, kind of looking where um, um, somewhere in Wisconsin was. He's like kind of on the southwest corner, I think, a little bit. But anyways, um, so, man, dude, that I didn't know about this plan. This is making me super jealous right now. <laughs> That's a, like, you know, looking around here and the stuff that we have and how we do have early goose season and stuff – Travis knows and Talon knows we've never really taken advantage of that. And it's not, we say we don't have a spot, but in all reality, have we really tried to, like, you know, take advantage of that? No, not really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah probably, too, um, not being set up for geese so much, you know, probably duck decoys and just having uh, dropped the Benjamins for the for the goose decoys. Yeah. Hey, and kind of throwing a an eye out an idea out for uh, goose spreads. I mean, it's a heck of a lot cheaper, you know, starting out getting windsocks and silhouettes, and um, for sure, you know, I've I used windsocks and silhouettes this last year for the first time, uh, and I had I had birds working into them, no problem. I was a little, you know, it's something whenever you try something new compared to full bodies. Obviously, to us, a full body looks more realistic than like a two D uh, piece of cardboard. It's obviously like. I mean, not just cardboard. It's a very similar yeah. material to cardboard, but um, just looking at something 2D or like a sock with a head on it doesn't really look as real to us. But you put that out there, get a big spread um, at a lot lower price, and, and the birds work in fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hmm. I I need to do it. I actually I got a friend that's going to be taking me fowl outdoors. He's he's talking about tickets on early goose, but problem is I'm always busy with work at that time, so. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Should be fun, but all right. Let's let's roll into what you got going on the Duck Gun Podcast, man. Like you guys have um, appreciate you guys having me on. And guys, you need to go check out him and Elliot over there at the Duck Gun Podcast. You guys, well, as of now, Jordan, you have 102 episodes up, right? It says 102, uh, but I guess it's really 100, right? Um, no, it's it's a 102. I believe it's 102. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so we got. I mean, we got a few more recorded than that, but yeah, it's just, we pump one out every week. They come out on Saturdays. Um, been toying with the idea of switching it to another day, but for right now, they come out on Saturdays. Uh, like you said, me and Elliot um, from Freelance Suck Hunting, uh, we've been doing it for about a year and a half. Uh, really happy with how it's going. It's, I mean, it's going great. We're having a lot of fun with it. We've built an awesome community um, of, you know, listeners over there and um, just kind of rolling with it and, having a ton of fun talking to interesting people. And I, and I'm sure that's something that you're getting uh, your, your feet wet with and having a lot of fun with too, with your podcast. It's just so much fun. Um, You know, just like right now talking to people from California about duck hunting, you know, who would have imagined um, that we could do stuff like this. And just like the relationships you build and the friendships you build uh, through this kind of stuff. It's just, it's just a lot of fun for sure. Well, and that's the thing is um, what I'm really loving it about it like you said is not only meeting the people is like the main thing and becoming friends and better acquaintances but also just the fact that um it's it there's there's so many benefits honestly it's hard to even come up with all of them you know just to meet the new people talking to people you probably normally wouldn't have talked to it creates opportunities and like you said i am getting my feet wet in it another thing what i was gonna say and my mind kind of drew a blank there for a second is conversation you know, like in this world that we mm-hmm. live in now, how it's all about text messages and and social media and all this stuff. It's like now you're forced to, I mean, unless you want to do a terrible interview, you're forced to sit here, pay attention, <laughs> and, you know, listen for 45 minutes. Because all we do is is we're doing too many other things and not just like we used to back in the old day where they used to sit around in the living room and just sit there and talk as a family or as friends or whatever. You know what I mean? It's kind of kind of brings that yeah. back a little bit, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, definitely a, a great form for conversation. And not only that, but it's even, you know, beyond the conversation, it's having conversations that we need to have. And yeah. um, it kind of br- brings it back to something that uh, that you talked about 
um, when you came on our podcast and I know you did uh, a rant episode on it, but you know, I think in general, the duck hunting community has to have the conversation or it's good for them to have the conversation about the new ammo laws that you guys are having um, implemented this month in California. And it's just like, um, you know, a great forum for that kind of discussion and, mm-hmm. uh, and bringing the community and awareness for all that. Um, and because it's just, you know, something that needs to be talked about. And like you said, uh, in your rant episode, um, you're really kind of going on like, Hey, what can we do about this? And, and, uh, you know, for sure something through the future, hopefully can be done about it. Yeah. We're doing everything within our power to fight that one. That's it. Oh, um, maybe just to throw this out there now. Since we're here, and you might be interested in here, so I have a a friend of mine that actually did a video with last year. He invited me onto his cousin's um, duck club. I think it was like it was basically the second time I ever been on one, and both of them were last year. But um, he was texting me, and I'm gonna find it right now. Read this. It's it's literally insane. So he's a younger guy, and he has not bought a shotgun within the last five years. Do you remember me talking about that, Jordan, about January first, two thousand fourteen? So he, uh, him, and his friend has have not bought one. So this is this is what happened. They when he got there to Sportsman's Warehouse, so totally different place than we went to. They told him, "Hey, you know what? Just go home. You can't do nothing right now because they were just wanting to buy a box of shotgun shells." They said, "Go home. Go to the CFAR, whatever that is. Make an account with them, and uh, they'll do the background on that, and then." Um, they got to come back in, pay the $19 and wait the, the nine to 10 days. But so I said, dude, keep me, you know, keep me updated and everything. And he said, yeah. So here's the text from him. This was yesterday at five 30, just an update on our application process. We both received emails saying we need to send copies of our IDs, our IDs, which is fine, but we also have to go into Hanford PD or Lamore PD, the, the police department, and have their fingerprints taken and send them in with their application too. And mm-hmm. and a, a a fingerprint costs I want to say it costs thirty forty bucks. Don't it when you go down to the police station from what I remember? It's just it's it's insane. Yeah, it's, no, it's not good. <laughs> no, I, and this is the part of it that we haven't even heard yet. These are the things that are starting to you know break forth. You know, from finding out yeah. about it because as it goes, people are like learning about it and like i said every the guy oh another thing is the video my buddy put out chris costa and um tom they put it they just put a video you should check that out jordan when you get the chance you don't you know scroll through the certain parts of it but the guy was telling the guy that um my buddy he was telling him so like say he bought a box of shotgun shells it can't all be done at once so if he bought he goes i want a box of nines (laughs) i want a box of 12 gauge I want a box of 223. He has to go through that whole process, Travis, for each different caliber around. Does he have to pay for each one individually? I don't know. I don't think so. Wow, that is just totally insane. But think about it. I mean, yeah. You go in there for three different ones, and you got to go through this whole deal again. The whole process. Every like single I time. Like I said, we talked about takes 30 them, minutes a piece. It takes them, yes. It, it took, they left the video camera running in the gun store, and it literally was like a time lapse. That's how long it took. So, anyways, we don't want to get you. You brought up Jordan's your fault. <laughs> Just one more thing that comes up, but no, anyways. no. Like you said, no. That's it's good to talk about. I mean, it's, well, it's well, good it's to new, discuss. You know? We don't even know. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff that keeps popping its head up. But, anyways, yeah. so yeah, your your podcast is going extremely well, and it, I mean, you've had some incredible guests. And guys, if you're listening, if you're not pull over from his. His uh, podcast, go check out the Duck Gun Podcast, and he's on all platforms. Anything you want to check him out on, and his YouTube channel, Duck Gun Chronicles. And uh, like he said, we're considering, you know, brother, brother podcasts and channels and stuff. So, anyways, let's. I I really want to get into uh, Jordan. What's going on with Chief and and uh, the program system you're using him on? Because let me awesome. say this yeah. first. Because well, guys, if you're listening, there's a lot of guys that listen, Jordan, that are trying to maybe train dogs that are older. So they're like, mm-hmm. and is there hope? You know, you know, guys hit me up that are a year and a half, two years old, and I'm like, dude, totally, there's hope. But fr- you're you're in it, you're on it, 
And I know he was kind of already trained with some things, but go into that too, Jordan, kind of encourage these people. Yeah. So honestly, when I started training chief, um, I did everything wrong. Like, uh, literally everything. Like I took him on hunts. Like I said, when he was six months old, I didn't know what I was doing. He didn't know what he was doing. I was shooting at birds. Like I said, I didn't know how to hunt. Um, I was shooting at, at shots that were too far, um, not hitting birds, just having bad aim. And so you, you have all this kind of like taking your dog, making them sit there and it almost becomes like negative reinforcement to like hunting. Um, and just just from all the mistakes I made, and I even made him gun chat at one point because um, I was using uh, an over under 12 gauge, and he'd scooted up a little too far in front of me and got a muzzle blast. And I hate to say it, um, but this is just real stuff. You know, it happens. Right. It shouldn't happen necessarily, but as a new hunter that was not trained by anyone else, I was making mistakes and having to learn and suffer the consequences of a lot of those. So when I say – I did everything wrong. I mean, I did everything wrong with him. Um, I didn't use a training program at all. I just tried to wing it. I'm like, oh, I can figure this out. Uh, what can be hard about having your dog go get something and bring it back? Well, if you train dogs at all, you know it's a lot more than that. Uh, tons of stuff goes into it. So I highly, highly recommend do a program. Don't try to wing it yourself. Um, you're going to save yourself time and frustration. And when you have a well-behaved dog that's working for you and you're working – as a team, your hunts are just going to be that much more enjoyable. So don't, you know, don't try to wing it. Um, try to avoid all the mistakes. And as far as his age, like you said, um, he is three going on four. He'll be four in February. Uh, but this is the first time this, this spring and this summer that I've worked on a program or, or used a program at all for training him. And the program that I ended up going with, and I, and I looked at a few, but, um, you know, Freddie King is somewhat of a, a household name as well as, the cost for his system to use it is a one one time fee or not it's a, a one time annual fee so sixty dollars a year so it's you know it's something it's it's you know a little bit of a cost but it's nowhere near like getting a trainer yourself or some of these other kind of yeah. uh, high dollar programs um is not that bad and there's a ton of ton of um, videos and information online as well as he has a Facebook group where he will answer pretty much any questions you have. That's awesome. And I, I think, I don't know if I heard on the podcast or maybe it was Elliot's last video about how he pretty much answers you super quick too. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's uh, good about it. And so that's like another plus because you can kind of get feedback and all that stuff um, as well. So yeah, I definitely would recommend it. I'm on like video 18 or 19 now of, it's called the meat dog series. Um, and he takes a dog. I think the dog's name, name is Tank, um, from like six months old, working like with a bumper and uh, all the way through um, kind of hand signals and, and like water tea and all that kind of stuff. So you can get through that in like uh, 27 videos, I think is what it's at. So I'm hoping to finish all 27 before season. Uh, so far, it's going, I mean, it's going super good. Um, his drives up, his understandings up, uh, we're working great as a team. He's doing hand signals over and back. We haven't got to water yet. So that's, I think that's about the next thing on there. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it's very similar to any of the other trainers methods because Rocky, I got Rocky paused in the water and I'm just trying to get him basically to float, you know, is what they call it where yep. he, when he's looking back at you instead of swimming at you and, He's learning that right now. The, but these are you're at the stage. I'm at the stage where it's this ain't just happen overnight. You know, it's not like teaching them to oh, sit no. or kennel. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It definitely takes practice and practice. And the thing is, it's fun though. I know you're having fun with it. It's it's actually mm -hmm. fun. You know. So yeah. And the thing about the training for me is like I've I've hunted a couple season with seasons with him without having the great training, and uh, <laughs> you know we've had our our fair share of issues. Um, partly because of all the mistakes I've used or all the mistakes I've had with him. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I definitely, you know, if you are you're thinking about training your dog um, and he's one or two, I mean, you got plenty of time. I think you can train a dog um, anywhere kind of through their prime, which is up to six, six years old, mm -hmm. uh, just using the system. It, it's not, it's not really uh, that hard to get a dog to do it. It's just like you said, it takes, consistency it takes uh kind of understanding yourself 
in your dog understanding it, and then you can kind of move forward from that. Right. So what what are you guys working on right now? Did you say? Um, we're doing like the the hand, pretty much the T pattern. Land T. Um. Yep. Yep. Doing okay. that. So just overs and backs, and you know, right backs and left backs, and right overs and left overs, and. Uh, I mean, he's got it pretty much down pat, but I, I usually run it three or four times and make sure every kink's yeah. out of it before we move on to the next thing. Because exactly. I don't want any confusion going on to the next one. Because almost everything builds off of what you've <laughs> learned before. Yep. yep. That's why I try to explain to people. I'm like, it. you cannot shortcut. You do, and you're going to pay for it, and you're going to have to go all the way back to where you shortcut it because it just won't yep. make, like left back and right back. Those are one thing that Rocky still, I'm still kind of working on him with, um, you know, like every once in a while he'll make the wrong turn and we just got to go right back to it and go simplify it. And then I get further away and then just, yeah, mm-hmm. you just got to keep doing yeah. it. You know, they make mistakes just like we do and stuff. I catch myself <clears throat> saying the wrong word or something. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what? <laughs> you know, not thinking about it before you do it. But they, yeah. it's almost like he, Rocky still knows what I mean. <laughs> uh-huh. Good, good thing yeah. you got a smart dog, but a stupid teacher. <laughs> yeah. No, I've actually had something similar just happen this week. And every once in a while, I'll try to do, like, stories while I dog train, which makes it infinitely harder and less productive. But, I mean, because you, you lose one hand, right? You're using one hand to do the story. So, anyways, I'm, I'm trying to do the, the stories and have them doing, like, overs and backs. And I keep... You know, I'll say like the wrong word. I'll like do like a back hand signal, but I'll be like over, you know, <laughs> he goes yeah, and does the right yeah. thing. But yeah, and then, then I get him out there and I'm doing the whistle sit and want him to go a leftover while I'm holding the phone in my left hand. So I have to do the <laughs> over sign with my right hand. And it's he's just like, like a huh? total mess. <laughs> no, he still nailed it, but yeah. it was, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. So, all right. So let's move into, um, we kind of went over what, you know, you got in store for this duck season. Any any other plans besides doing those weekend hunts, like later on in the well, season? Yeah. So, um, actually, one other thing I'll, I'll I'll say I'm going to do in September is I'm actually going out to till hunt with with Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. It'll be my first time out there. Oh, nice. um, I've done a little bit of teal hunting last year. I went down to Kentucky. And Titus, you gotta you gotta try an early season till hunt. I know you say you got your work and all that, but if you ever get a gap in work, sometime I mean I can't offer an invite to my place. Like you're welcome, but I'm just saying the the till hunting in Indiana is subpar. So it's not you know it's not gotcha. worth like a, a huge dry uh, flight or anything. But mm-hmm. you got to get out to one of these states where they have good till hunts. Like I mean Kentucky was was uh, I wouldn't say it's phenomenal. It was pretty good. First day I shot five. Um, but you know, this year I'm going out to Kansas and, and I know you probably watched a lot of Elliot's teal mm-hmm. hunting videos mm-hmm. and sometimes they can just smash them, you know, where it's like, you know, a, a three person limit, uh, 18 till just no problem done by, you know, nine o'clock and they'll do that multiple days in a row. So I yeah, know. And just... trust me, I, <laughs> trust me, I have thought I was actually thinking all day today, like, how could I get out there for <laughs> actually, well, here, here's the problem, Jordan, you're married. I'm married. We yep. got kids. Yep. My mm-hmm. thoughts were, how many trips can I get away with this year before my wife signs <laughs> asked me to sign divorce papers? You know, for reals. Like, because yep. I'm thinking, I just asked her a little bit ago. I go, hey, do you want to go to Salt Lake City, Utah? And we can all go as a family and I'll be hunting on the side. But it's like, okay, I'm hoping that one don't count as a ding against me. But what about the three yep. or four other trips I got planned? You know what I'm saying? Like how many yeah. can I get away with before she gets really ticked off at me? But yeah, so my my plan for this because that's I mean that's a real thing, right? So it's like during the off season, you definitely got to try to build up your brownie points, you know, yeah. doing projects outside yeah. and, and try to improve on the landscaping and doing family trips, and it's just like you know hey, that's that's always my plan for the off season. I, I just build put up the all new wood floor in, man. Does that count for anything? That's got to be at least two hunts. That's what I'm, oh. I'm thinking at least two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we're looking at price-wise, it might be four hunts. But I don't. I heard, I heard an old saying when we learned when we were learning about women, and it was kind of a I don't know if you'd want to call it like a little seminar thing. They said everything you do for your wife is just one point. That's all it is. I don't you don't get multiple points. So I don't know. We're hmm. we're I, you know I just got the French doors in wood floor. Hmm. 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, there because, you go. That's, a, I, that's definitely I think some I could file. make it happen to go to do an early – when is that early till season there? Um, I, I don't know how long his is. I know that, that, that they open up kind of middle of September – uh, and I mean, he usually gets a ton of teal videos out, so I think they got to go for uh, like a month or something. Wow. Yeah. No, my my teal season in Indiana is like I think it's it's maybe it's two weekends, something like that. But like I said, you don't have very many. Uh, like what? I'll go out and I'm lucky to shoot like have one group in of like fifteen or twenty, but that's the only group, right? So you right. shoot a couple. Um, and then you're done. <laughs> I wonder why so they got so many till down there where they're at. It's the flyway. So Just like, uh, we kind of, yeah, the way I'm, I'm situated in my area. Um, cause you can go like, uh, Southwest in Indiana and have a lot better time. And, and we've done that last year. Um, and we shot more, um, but we still didn't shoot a ton. It was like opening day was good. And then after that, they all cleared out because you know, everybody's busting them. Yeah. Um, but the way it works in kind of my area is the birds kind of funnel down Lake Michigan um, and then straight south. So that kind of funnels the birds away from me, unfortunately. <laughs> so I don't live in a flyway for teal, um, but there's definitely teal to be had if I can figure out, you know, places to go and scouting and, and all that kind of stuff, which I don't really have a good finger on it yet. So they, they live in the central flyway and just have a really good flyway for, um the teal migration over there because uh matt our buddy from high prairie sportsman um he has pretty good teal hunting as well and he's um, pretty much just north of elliot so i think anywhere in that flyway is just uh the best in the country for early season teal hey jordan what uh, type of teal are you guys shooting are they blue wings green wings cinnamons there there's no as far as kansas and nebraska i don't think they have any cinnamons over there? I know that early season they've shot some green wings, but it's almost always blue, blue wing. They uh, are the first migrators. As far as Indiana, that's the same. Um, it's almost 100%. I've never shot anything but blue wing in early season. Yeah, I got you. Hmm. So, so the, the other thing, uh, I know you're asking what, what I had going on, but um, me and Titus actually have something cooking for a hunt later on we're not just quite ready to announce it but uh just to kind of drop a little bit of a a hint to it we are definitely planning to have um a hunt trip together this year yes and you don't know how bad guys that I, we want to put this <laughs> out there i don't we're, we're like we, we've been playing this game like who we're gonna blame so since it's me and jordan today we're gonna blame elliot <laughs> so elliot, if you <laughs> yeah. listen to this podcast we're just gonna blame you and then when i do one with you we'll blame jordan Mm. And then we'll blame Man, you know, we'll blame everybody. So when do you get blamed? Because I haven't heard you get blamed yet. I know. What's up with that? You guys can feel free to do it on any of your podcasts <laughs> if you want to when I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, well, there's something, some kind of information that I'm waiting for from you. And uh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to blame you, right? Yes. <laughs> Good luck. He can be a slacker sometimes. I know. Nah, I'm, not really. uh. <laughs> I'm a big fat slacker. I am. I, uh, we're not going to go there because i definitely been – I think I've had th – I can think of three specific text messages to Jordan that, yeah, I'm going to send it right now. And no. And I'm – you know what? I'm actually not that bad at that. I'm kind of embarrassed to even admit that. I'm sorry, Jordan. Do you forgive <laughs> That's me? That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, we'll see if there's a. I forgive you for now, but if there's a fourth text message, I, we'll have to we'll have to play that one by ear. <laughs> okay, I'm not even gonna text you then. I'm just gonna send it, and then I'll text you. So <laughs> don't get myself awesome. in trouble there. But all right, so let's uh, go. If we, I'd like to just hear a little bit what you got got going on with HTR as well. You know, I know you've been working there now for a while, right? Yeah, so um, I started working with HTR last September, um, doing all the online marketing. And, um, you know, that was something that was new to me. So it's a lot of kind of learning and figuring it out. And the thing is, online marketing is pretty much new to a lot of people and a lot of companies. So, um, you know, just figuring out that, how to do the Facebook ads, like what's the best approach and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I do a lot of filming for them. Like we filmed some ads. I don't know if you've uh, seen any of, the, of the ads pop up, Titus. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen multiple um, for sure. Yeah, so like we do like a little series with Hillbilly Hunter. That's that's my uh, my favorite series we do. And we just do oh, little. Yeah, uh, that's funny. 
yeah so the premise of the the ad is just there's the I don't know what you want to call him. Somebody that just really doesn't know how to hunt that well. or I mean, we, we all know that kind of guy when you've hunted with him or you've seen him out in the marsh and he's kind of ruining your hunt um, just because he's doing a bunch of silly stuff, right? So that's kind of the premise of it. And then it's don't be that guy, do it the right way. So it's kind of fun to play a lot around with the ads and the videos and all that kind of stuff. So um, also I, I film and edit their hunt videos through the season. Um, but yeah, it's just been a lot of fun kind of to dive into the full-time waterfowl, uh, career. That's awesome. That's kind of the dream, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, definitely a, a blessing to be able to do something like that. And, um, when I'm sitting out there in the marsh <laughs> on an early morning, opposed to, you know, um, in a cubicle at work, how I had previously, um, you know. It's just, uh, you know, definitely a step into the right direction or, you know, it's a, it's a dream job for a lot of people. Yeah, totally. That's like kind of what we're all, seems like we're on the goal for, you know, ourselves yeah. and all of us that are doing videos and stuff. And you're, sounds like you're kind of already, you're already there. So that's pretty cool. So, well, to kind of bring, start wrapping this to an end, I gave you some time to think about it. Now, what's your most memorable or crazy or most epic hunt? <laughs> you could be crazy. It could be funny. It could be whatever. So we want to hear it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was, it, that's a really difficult one. I had to think about it and um, kind of pick and choose between what, what hunt I'd pick on that. You know, there's really a couple that come to mind. And one, I'll tell you real briefly, it's just kind of like my, my introduction to hunting was with my grandpa. Um, and he took me out hunting for quail in Southern Indiana with all his bird dogs. Um, I never actually shot a quail with my grandpa. He got, he got, uh, up there in age, but you know, that was really my entry in, into duck hunting, um, or not duck hunting, but bird hunting in general. So, um, you know, that was really close up there going out there with grandpa and all that stuff. And, um, anybody who's listened to my stuff or watched my videos knows that knows that my grandpa was a huge uh, influence on me as far as uh, being a person um, of the outdoors. So that was really close up there. But as far as duck hunting goes, um, the one that has to take the cake, um, going back to my first season duck hunting, and uh, again, I was going out there in a lot of solo missions, and this was the hunt after I'd, I'd shot my first duck, um, and I'm out there in the river, and just sitting there and I'm watching these birds just cupping in and dumping into this little hole. That's kind of an overflow of the river. There's like a river and a Creek and it, and it flows down there. And then right through there, there's a section that overflows. Um, and there's this big pool and the ducks are just flying in there and dumping in there. And I mean, by the hundreds and I'm just sitting there in the river, obviously not in the X. I have my decoys out in front of me. I'm calling, but they just want to be right over here in the section of the river. So I'm like, you know what? I just need to get out of here. I'm scouting it. I'm coming back to that spot tomorrow. And literally I walk out in my decoys. And as I do, I have like seven mallards just cup right into me. Of course, my gun's sitting over on the shore and I just have to watch them. <laughs> so I convinced my buddy to come with me. And like I said, uh, is the buddy had asked a lot of questions for duck hunting, but mm -hmm. he hadn't, he hadn't hunted with me yet. And he's like, I don't know, man, is it really as good as you're saying? Like, I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta believe me. There's just birds dumping in here like crazy. I've never seen anything like this. And I mean, that was true. Um, because this was my first season hunting and, and there's just so many crazy sights and, and scenes you can see out there in the marsh, um, or out there on the river that, you know, um, that make duck hunting awesome. And, and that was kind of one of them seeing all that. So we go out there the next day, um, set up in this spot and this, this spot has been deemed um, the honey hole from this day, day forward, just because of how well it produces awesome mallard hunts. Um, so we go out there and we set up first thing in the morning, we get out there before light, uh, throw out all the decoys and, and we're sitting in the brush, just waiting for the mallards. And it's like, I don't know, 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes before shooting light. And the show just starts. And again, just like hundreds and hundreds. And it's even more than the day before. It's just everywhere. And no joke, I have no idea, even wow. to this day, how many mallards were sitting on the water before shooting light. But it was it was hundreds and hundreds just everywhere. And I'd never 
seen anything like this. Um, all my hunts previously, I'd see them here and there. I'd see, you know, groups of like four or five and, you know, have shots at a couple. Um, but, you know, I just never really experienced anything like this. Um, just tons and tons of mallards everywhere. And so, what was it was your, what was your Did your buddy believe you then? <laughs> yeah, no, he, he believed me then. But, like, I was literally, literally freaking out. And I wish, like, I, this this uh, hunt is actually a video on my channel. Um, it's one of my first videos for sure. But I wish I had a camera, like, recording, like, audio from um, where we're sitting. I had the camera sitting behind us maybe 20, 25 yards to get the whole kind of shot of everything. But um, I was just freaking out. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. I can't believe it. There's like, I can't even remember what I was saying. But I just kept going on and on about it. And he's just sitting there kind of like silent and awe too. But like I'm literally just freaking out with the, the number of birds and kind of experiencing this. And uh, so finally, shooting light. And we stand up, spook them off the water, and, uh, just, <laughs> and bust a bunch of birds. You know, we, I think we shot – uh, three to four in that first group when we, uh, you know, had them jump up off the water and, uh, it was just crazy. And, and the whole day, well, the whole morning we had to actually go to work, which was one was unfortunate. It was a weekday. I think it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. So we had to go back to work, but we kept trying to leave and no joke. There was just group after group kept coming in. <laughs> so it was just, you know, the first day I really experienced anything like this. And if you ever seen like the, the cover photo from my podcast, that yeah. picture was taken on that day uh, as oh, well okay. with Grant's It's, it's almost worth getting fired for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, it was just kind of really experiencing like what, what could really happen on a crazy day of duck hunting. And, it, and it's definitely not about the numbers and crazy right. amounts of birds dropping in there all the time. But when you get those kind of one-off hunts with, it's just, it's just, uh, it makes all the skunks and all the time scouting and yep. all that stuff worth it to experience just, an amazing hunt like that. And then you just want to keep going and going and going and it does not stop. <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah. It's a, it is truly an addiction. No, I don't think a lot of people understand, you know, it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really not like that with anything else besides waterfall hunting, honestly. Yeah. So what, what do you think that uh, addiction is? Do you think it's like a, my kind of theory on it is it's kind of like a primal thing, almost like a yes. dog. Right. The dog with the tennis ball, mm -hmm. they just have this drive. And when you go do the hunting or you do the duck hunting, you see the bird cup in. It's something like primal inside us that gets us excited. Because even outside of duck season, I'm like, there's a duck cupping in. Like, yep. yes. <laughs> you can't shoot it no matter what. Yeah. Right? Any duck hunter is like, I, any, there, I've never seen not one duck hunter like his head spin in circles when he sees a duck, even yep. in the middle of July mm -hmm. at Disneyland or something. It's, I, it's I like agree. we're. We're like the labs that have that insane drive for mm -hmm. hunting, but we got it, you know, as far as duck hunters. So it, that's my theory on it anyways. I, that's actually, I'm, I've never, I've thought about like that, but never used that. That's actually a perfect word is primal. I think it's just in you deep somewhere because it goes way back to, you know, I guess your ancestors and what they really loved. Cause my, I mean, my dad is like that with elk hunting. I mean, it is every bit in him to elk hunt as it is in me to waterfowl and neither one of us can understand how one can like the one they like the best but that's just that is us you know yeah and it's mm -hmm. easy to understand how he feels because i know the feeling of that towards waterfowl and i, I agree i totally think it's a yeah. primal thing it's in you you know yeah for sure and so not to get anybody in hot water with like feminist or anything like that but i've always kind of wondered along those same lines if there's kind of a reason why more women aren't attracted to the hunt of the, the sport of hunting. And I know more and more are nowadays, but kind of going along with that primal thing. Um, I think as far as like tribes and villages that the men were more of hunters. So I wonder if that kind of plays into it at all or not. Yeah, true. Yeah. It does. Like you did say though, it does kind of seem like there is a more, a lot more women than there used to be though. You oh know, yeah, for sure. When we go to our local refuges or wherever in California, it does seem like almost every time, We'll see two or three women when I remember several years ago. Do you remember seeing women at all, Travis, out there? No, I mean, like you said, you see a lot of younger hunters, uh, you know, kids that are, are girls, and you know that's just the future of it. Um, I think as time goes on, we'll see even more than, you know, what we've seen in the last three or four years. But definitely there has been a, an influx into uh, the duck hunting community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
No, it's definitely a great thing for the duck hunting community. I think I can say, though, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a female out um, in any of the draws or public lands in Indiana. So mm-hmm. maybe uh, that's in the future for us as well. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I do some you know, taxidermy on the side, and I've had uh, four or five women that are actually bringing me birds to mount. Hmm. Uh, they want them in their hmm. house, and so that's kind of kind of neat, you know, um, just to hear their experiences and, and to talk to them. And it's interesting because the, the women that – you know, they have brought me birds. They're just as passionate about duck hunting as, as what I am. And so that's, that's kind of cool to see. Yeah. 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 And the perspective is probably just the same pretty much like you said, but that's, that's a, that's a good topic that that could definitely almost be a whole podcast right there. Talking <laughs> about that, but we're going to wrap this up guys. Uh, Jordan, I thank you again for coming on, man, taking time out of your day to be on our, our show today. Awesome. Glad to do it. Yeah. Ton so of fun. So guys, appreciate you guys come, having me come on. Yeah, no, I'm glad it worked out like this. I know we were we were running a little bit late, so I apologize for that. But um, guys, go check Jordan's YouTube channel out, Duck Gun Chronicles. Go subscribe. It's almost time. We're getting close to season. I say that, but we're not. He's he's farther <laughs> ahead than us California boys are, so let's put it that way. We're start seeing some – I want to start seeing some content rolling out, Jordan, starting September. So – Go. Oh, don't worry about that. It will be. <laughs> yeah, and it's torture for us. I mean, when we see you guys posting up videos and we're like just waiting, and it's you know 100 plus degrees, and we're shooting, uh, trying to shoot some doves and things like that. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are smacking them down, and the birds are cupped up, and just gets our juices flowing, and you know it's it's torture, man. It's just pure torture to watch you guys. <laughs> totally. So go follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Also, he's got if I correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan Fellowship of the Duck Gun. For your yep, your yep. Uh, podcast group as well, yeah, podcast listener group with uh, Elliot and I, Fellowship of the Duck Guns. Yeah, so go check that out too. There's a lot of interesting topics and stuff going on in there too. And the Duck Gun Podcast. And uh, if you can do me and Jordan a big favor, if you want, if you got the time, we'd really, really appreciate it. Go write a review and give us a rating on our our podcast, and it helps us out. A ton, and I appreciate those of you. And you know what? Um, we thank you for it. It means a lot. We say thank you, and sometimes I don't know if people really truly mean. We do mean that from from our hearts, and uh, we thank everybody for listening, guys. We look forward to seeing you guys on the next one. So stay tuned. We got a lot more coming. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>